Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series titled The Family Bible Revolution, an end time message for his generational blessing. We ended yesterday speaking of Galatians chapter 6, where it says, Whatever we sow, we shall also reap, whether we sow to the flesh or whether we sow to the spirit. But how do we sow the word into our family? It has to do with the Family Bible Revolution. It's the six points. Very simple. We call it family worship. One, open the Bible. That's not hard. Two, read it to the family. Very simple. Three, discuss it for how it should change your thinking and living. That's just an open discussion. Pray for one another, the saints and the lost. That's easy. Do it at the beginning and the end of the day. Just a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes in the evening. And now you're trained. Go do it. It's called the family Bible revolution. And we've learned that Abraham did it when he commanded his children and his household in the way of the Lord. Can we expect the same results as Abraham? Let's compare what I call family worship to tithing. Many people believe tithings of the law, and due to the time in which we live now, which we call the dispensation of grace, they say tithing is no longer valid. However, tithing was originally by faith and not by law. Four hundred and 30 years after Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, the law of the tithe came into effect. Well, which was first, tithing by the law or tithing by faith? Obviously, tithing by faith. The law was just proof and our tutor, according to Galatians 3.24, that tithing is the right thing to do in honor to God. It says the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Let's take the concept of family worship. Originally, was it by faith or was it by the law? Again, Abraham commanded his children and his household in the way of the Lord by faith and in simple obedience. 430 years later, family worship became law just to prove its principle was right. Asaph tells us about the law, its operation, and its purpose. Psalm 78, 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable, I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, and his strength, and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, 
that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Great words from Asaph. Let's not be like the stubborn and rebellious fathers who were not faithful. There is a covenant blessing for both tithing and family worship. For tithing, God will rebuke the devourer for us, and we shall be a delightful land, according to Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. And for family worship, or commanding our children and household in the ways of the Lord, our children will have hope in God, not forget the works of God. They will keep his commandments, and we will inherit Abraham's covenant blessing of family. Through our seed, we will reap a harvest. We will reap what we sow. What is family in God's eyes? Today, there's a lot of controversy concerning the definition of family. In Genesis 18, 18, it says that all nations shall be blessed in Abraham. In Acts 3, 25, it's quoted by Luke as all families shall be blessed in him. It is no coincidence that Abraham is chosen to sow the word into his family just before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 18, 16 through 18 says, Then the men arose from there and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And then in verses 20 through 21, the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. You see, we do not have to go further into the story, but the name Sodom tells us what sin was so grave. The Tyndale Bible Dictionary says, The primary story of Sodom and Gomorrah occurs in Genesis 18 and 19, although the biblical interest in the city begins in chapter 13 with the decision of Lot, Abraham's nephew, to settle in the Jordan Valley in the vicinity of Sodom among people who were notorious sinners. It becomes clear that one of Sodom's most grievous sins was sexual perversion, especially homosexuality. Dictionary.com gives the definition of sodomy as copulation with a member of the same sex. God's definition of marriage and family from Genesis through Revelation is one husband, one wife, children, grandparents, and grandchildren. All throughout the Bible, sexual actions that destroy the institution of family are identified as sin, such as adultery, fornication, homosexuality, bestiality, pedophilia, polygamy, and divorce. Without condemnation, we must submit to God and in love preach truth. God loves sinners. However, that does not change the definition of sin. It does not change truth. Homosexuality is no worse than any other sin. However, it's just as bad as adultery, fornication, and divorce in his sight. Why? Because they destroy family. Divorce is a little more complicated than the others because it takes two to be married. In other words, in marriage, if one wants out and the other does not, divorce will still take place. Outside of rape, with all sexual sin, one can choose to obey God regardless of what someone else wants to do. Submission to God and his guidance in life is merely a choice. 
We're all free to choose, and no one is born a slave to any sexual behavior, according to 1 Corinthians 10.13. How do I know? Well, because God would be completely unfair to direct us in any obedience we are not able to perform. In other words, if he says adultery is a sin, and he created us as an adulterer, he would be unjust. The same would be true for any behavior he declares immoral, such as stealing, lying, homosexuality, adultery, pedophilia, bestiality, and so on. How could he ever declare lying a sin and hold us responsible if he created us a liar? 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. How could we abstain from sexual immorality as he defines it if he created us sexually immoral? Why would he ever direct us to obey him if he never gave us free choice to do so? Abraham was chosen just before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. We need to be honest with ourselves and trust that God knows what he's doing. Do we live in a similar time today? Is Sodom a common and popular word today? Should we be teaching our children and preparing them for the way of the Lord? If not us, the church, one day a week? Although good, as we can tell, one day a week will not suffice. A little further in this book, and we'll discuss the truth, God's got a better way. It's not my intent to discuss sexual purity in this book. However, I have written another book which goes into detail on this subject. It's titled, Living Pure in an Impure World, and can be purchased at most online bookstores. Family is important to God. It is the foundation of all society, community, and government. Without accepting his definition, we are in sin and need to repent. Here is family as God designed it. In Genesis 1:27 through 28, he says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then he says in Genesis 2.18, It is not good that man should be alone. I'll make him a helper comparable to him. Genesis 2.21-24 And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Then, in the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 through 33, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And finally, in Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. It's also necessary to talk about singles. What about singles? 
We know not everyone will marry and have children. Is this wrong? Does this mean they'll not fulfill their calling in life, that something is wrong with them and they cannot live a full and happy life? If this is true, then Jesus himself must have missed it. The Apostle Paul has some great advice for those who are single. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 through 35 in the Message Version. I want you to live as free of complications as possible. When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you not to make things harder. All I want is for you to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. Wow, that went quick. That wraps up today. So we'll see you tomorrow at the same time and same station. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.